very good evening to everyone who's just joining us at Kopi Advance. This is your host, Vance here. Yes, I'm very excited for today's topic. Um, a very good friend of mine. Uh, we have actually not met at all, uh, just purely on virtual. Uh, I know this particular gentleman for almost about two years. It's a great doctor. Um, I'm sure he's one of you all know him as well. The moment he comes in, you know, when I mentioned the name as well, is Dr. Arvinder Singh, HS. Um, a very regular speaker at Copier Events. We talked about a lot of other topics, but there's particularly one topic that's always interests him. I'm going to pull him out right now, and then we're going to start that chat right now. Hello, Dr. Arvinda. Hi. Hi, Vince. How are you? Hi, everyone. I am good, sir. <laughs> How are you there, sir? I'm okay. Taking one day at a time. All right. So we are excited to have you back again and um this time on a very great topic so maybe talk maybe before we even start maybe you just want to talk a little bit on the topic first why we have chosen yeah so hi everyone um the thing is uh you know as we move along i think uh Vince, if you remember the first show i think you did during the lockdown um yeah. i was on that show and we were talking that you know um and it will come to a point in time in, in life where we will have to live with the virus. We are not in for a short haul. It's going to be a long haul. And how we're going to learn to live with the virus. I think after the development of the vaccines and as we realize that life and livelihood has to be balanced um, together and, uh, you know, uh, how we have to move on and live with the virus and acknowledge, you know, like with diseases like Ebola, with diseases, other, other respiratory diseases which we know of. I think it is time that we know how to live with the virus. We have been with the virus long enough, I think two or three years. You know, even today, couples, one or two months, they meet. And after three months, they get married. <laughs> now, we are already living with the virus for two to three years. I think we know the virus. I, I would say we know much more about the virus than what we did uh, when we first had this particular show. And I think, but what, what we need to know is, um, a lot of people miss, have the misconception, misnomer that if we are going to be endemic or is going to have an endemicity, are we, that means are we claiming that COVID is no more? Actually, no, it is not of that such. So I think this topic will address what does endemicity mean? How are we going to live with COVID-19? It's like a new couple who have already got married, right? <laughs> They know for some time now they are going to stay together for two to three years and what they must expect from each other. You cannot say that, oh, okay, meaning, uh, you know, our dating days, that love life, everything is over. No, it continues from there. But how are we going to make sure that it still remains? Um, how do we remain relevant and how can we live with it? That is what today's topic is all about. You know, Doctor, you said it very clearly and um, and a great explanation on that. And talking about this topic for viewers who are just watching this, right? Um, I mean, I and Dr. Arvinda, we came up with a topic, um, of course, COVID-19 and immensity, uh, what to expect health-wise. But we have not talked about it, anything at all. Because <laughs> these gentlemen, I think uh, we don't need uh, any questions or whatever. It, it's just a flow. The synergy is always great with Dr. Arvinda, HS, whoever join us in any topics that we have. So let's start um, this topic uh, itself, Doc. I mean, we know that in just a few more days, in fact, just one or two more days, um, even in Singapore right now, we talk about it, you know, the mask actually came off eventually uh, when you're in the outdoor. But still, people are wearing it. It's a good habit. Um, I know Malaysia also, there's still some progress and developments are going on there. And then the causeway is opening up soon. 
a lot of them will meet their families, loved ones. So apart for more than two years, we hear so many stories. Um, but before we even jump into the virus itself, but let's go into the mental resilience state. I think that is what a lot of people have faced and going through this, um, maybe say anxiety, maybe burnout. What will the outcome be when they come over and see their loved one? How they are, are they going to melt down? Are they going to be in emotional? What will be the mental state though? I, I believe that it will be, um, it will be an emotional, uh, tsunami of uh, emotions i would say that's how i would put it you're going to feel happy you're going to feel sad because a lot of them are going to come home to loved ones who had passed on during the pandemic and they were not able to be there this is the moment they're going to let out their grief they have been keeping some of them they have been keeping their grief they don't feel their grief until they see their family members some of them are going to be so happy some of them are going to have mixed emotions i know of couples or, 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 or fathers or mothers who are working over at the causeway where vans you are, when they are when mm -hmm. they're coming back, they are ready, uh, especially fathers, when they have come back, they have not seen their unborn children for the last two years. The wife was pregnant. They went off to Singapore to work. The borders closed. They remained there. They worked there. Now they're back and suddenly their life is going to change. They have missed that two years. I believe it is an emotional catch-up. That is how I would turn it. Uh, term it because you have people who are going to be missing people uh, who are not there anymore. You're going to be having people, new people around. You're going to be seeing people who have changed due to the pandemic. You're going to see people now, uh, those people who were, uh, you know, who were quite chill last time, you know, uh, these small, small things we don't have to bother. And you're going mm -hmm. to have uh, now people who are going to say, you know what, we have to do this, we have to do this. They become a bit more organized. The situation may have changed. Um, I foresee people coming home thinking that they want to do A, B, C, D, E, but they are not realizing that A, B, C, D, E now is with the new norm. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I think uh, it will be a wave of emotions. Um, it will be a tsunami of emotions. I think people have to um, be mentally resilient for this and also they have to realize that, okay, um, certain things we have to accept. Don't allow our emotions to overcome our gut. Because That's when it. we always believe that, oh, okay, you know, I'm emotional. I've not seen this person. You, you, Yes, it is regular. You go and have a hug and all that. But of course, you must be safe. I will always tell people when they ask me, Doc, I want to go back and see X, Y, Z. What do I do? First thing you do, do a RTK saliva test before you go. Because... You go there, you are going to have a tendency of hugging them and, you know, etc., etc. So, why not make sure that it is in a safe environment? In 2019, Vans, we wouldn't have yep. done that. We would have said, not hey, what, what, what test, what saliva test you want me to spit down? No, no. That's what people will say. But this is a new norm. And children, are, I know of kids who are seeing their parents most of the time when they were working with a mask. And now they're going to come out with the mask and they're going to say, hey, who is this guy? Or who is this lady? I'm not, I don't recognize her. So there's going to be a lot of emotion. There is going to be a very big change for the new parents, the new grandparents, the new, the, 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 the people who are just meeting each other after a long time. There's going to be a short period of change. And I say it's going to be a tsunami of, of, of emotions. People are going to feel happy. 
they're going to be sad. Some of them are going to have stress because they have not had an argument with particular people for two years because they're so far apart. Now, when they come nearer, all that small nitty-gritty arguments are going to be there again. So it is going to be a change for everyone. What I would say is your mental health is absolutely important. Keep everything in check. Believe in moderation. Everything should be done in moderation and be safe. That is what is really important. You know, Doc, I mean, uh, as we as we go deeper into emotions and, you know, mental state of resilience. But, you know, Doc, you know, for some of the parents, right, you know, before they left, I mean, from Malaysia to Singapore to work, and then the border closed and, you know, they were expecting a child. And for the first time, they're seeing a child after two and a half years. Um, so there's a lot of uh, joy that's going to be overflowing and like what you had just mentioned, emotional as well. Um, but do you think because of these sudden release of emotions and overjoy can lead them into, you know, appreciating life even more? Say that, hey, nothing is permanent, you know, in this era or right now. Anything can change immediately. Do you think that people now start to appreciate life every single second right now? That means they treasure with full of gratitude. Do you think that that is happening right now? I, I'm quite, I'm quite sure it, it, it has happened and will happen. But also, it will come to the fact that people will realize, gosh, I've missed two years and this is what has happened within two years. You missed, um, you missed uh, a lot of other different things. You miss about uh, talking to people. You miss interacting with people. Now, and you see, Vance, like you and I, you just put it before the show. We have never met. We have always <laughs> talked only online. Yeah. So a lot of people have even met online and now they're going to come face to face. There's going to be a lot of change. So I assume that not only will people start to appreciate, they will appreciate physical meetings than uh, meeting online. It's very different. And um, I think uh, it will be, I would say, the next six months up to about, or maybe a good up to December this year, you will find that people are beginning to adjust their emotions. And it will be, I, I foresee that a lot of people who have got mental health emotion problems because of this pandemic are going to progress. And some of them who had no issues may regress because as they come back, you know that we live in a different world today. Some of them will get new information which will make them happy or make them upset. And I foresee a very spiky up and down. I, I'm not being, I'm not being um, uh, a wet blanket here, but I would like to be more realistic and expect what I, I mean, what 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 has been seen around the other places as well. You know, dog. Um, uh, along the line, um, you know, in Singapore, it's you know from Tuesday it itself. I mean, today is Thursday. Just about two days back, um, you know, when you are at the outdoors, you don't require to wear masks. I mean, of course, mm -hmm. if you are in the crowd area, you should, you know, you should take health always as your precautions and a first priority. Yeah. So today, as, yeah. as I'm walking by, um, you know, I always love, you know, without a mask. I mean, everybody want to enjoy it. But at the same time, the health is also re full responsibility. As I was walking, you know, a couple of people already start, started to look at me very weirdly. This guy is not wearing a mask. And then as I turn back and see, they start to pull down the mask as they mm -hmm. walk out. So you see, it has become an habit. And for mm. two and a half years, someone has done that so religiously. So, uh, I mean, of course, apart from, you know, getting into uh, offenses and kind of stuff, which is, of course, very strict if you're not wearing a mask. But now suddenly when the local government said, you know what, you can take out your mask outdoors, people still want to wear. So I think it's a good stuff that people still wearing the mask, even though they know that they can take it out. 
but you know they are taking it so full of responsibility in that so i think that have to be given a lot of credit as well how about in malaysia dog what is happening right there now so in malaysia we find that people are um i would say i'm actually very impressed with the rakyat or the people they have stepped up up to many levels um some of which i'm actually very proud that they have done uh, i see these days that when people are not wearing mask some some people will go and say hey you're not wearing you know somebody will go and say you're not wearing a mask can you please wear that mask and uh, cover yourself up you know we have to be safe but you also find that group of people who meet among each other who are actually still not mask they are still not wearing mask in in individual groups so i i also see that i i always say that why didn't the disease spread very fast within certain countries like japan taiwan i mean at the early stage is because everybody was masked up everybody was masked up and there's a culture i foresee a cultural change in fact if you go to certain different parts of southeast asia uh, vietnam you go to indonesia when bikers are on their bike they always wear a mask <laughs> you will notice they wear a cloth mask and they go everywhere yeah. why because of dust so i foresee that people are going to have a change and the most important thing vans is what we have learned from the last two and a half years you find a lot of people who come and tell me you know i get a lot of patients who come and tell me oh doc i haven't seen you for one and a half years why eh oh yeah last time i used to get cough and cold all the time now since i started masking up i don't get a cough and cold so a lot of people are going to realize hmm, maybe there's something there you yeah, don't need to go far even doctors people who actually I know of some certain doctors, and I may have fallen into that category before COVID. That if I feel that if I'm wearing a mask, somebody walks in and then they say, "Hey, what is wrong with this guy? Like he thinks I'm so infectious, is it?" But now because we are masked up, I, I a lot of a lot of my medical colleagues were telling me, "Hey, doc, you know, we don't get we don't catch cold uh, colds as much as we used to." So I think there is going to be a cultural change, and I think and I believe it's going to be in a good way because. I'm really impressed with even the kids these days. I have two kids, and my kids are telling me when they're going to go out, Daddy, make sure I got extra mask in the bag, because they know that you know if my mask is wet, I'm going to change it. So I believe that 2020 had has been a tilting point. You know how we have a tilting point of technology. When when you and I were young, we never had a computer at home. No, no. To know no, about no. a computer is something like wow. Devla has a computer. <laughs> These days, if you if a person is born, say, "Hey, your house got no computer." It's a it's a very weird thing. I think we have come to that point in life where, uh, for healthcare wise, I think it has been a tipping point now. People are more um, maybe a bit more aware about health. They are a bit more aware about infectious diseases. They know that things can go really bad. So, um, of course, there are the group of people who who still. think that it is all a it is all a sham uh but i would say that a lot of people are, are, are we have near to the line of where people are actually becoming a bit more responsible for their health so i think it is a it is a mixture of everything i, I would say you know doctor i mean you you said it well you know um i think in the past two and a half years probably you know um i've not seen a dog <laughs> honestly speaking i mean There don't say go. that uh, i'm expecting a <laughs> Mr. COVID nineteen or Mrs. Uh, but you know, you know, simple simple thing like what you mentioned: the dust, the pollen, the toxic, or even uh, bad pollution, or even for some kind of virus, somebody sneeze or somebody, you know, the, the common flus. I think have reduced tremendously. 
Um, and I think that the mask wearing, I think, has become like a personal hygiene as well as protection from any kind of viruses that may happen in future. But of course, there's always a two sides of people who feel said, hey, you know what, I'm walking, you know, I want to walk very freely, you know, I want to have a great breath, you know, great breathing in the forest or even in the parks. So I think um, as long as there's not much of a crowd and you think that you are safe, because the responsibility of each and individual of our health is actually falls in your hand. I mean, the both local governments have done their part. So it's now our part to take care. But as we move on, Doc, I mean, even the next couple of years to come, right? I know we have talked about this uh, with a couple of other doctors as well, together with you when we have a, a board um, a discussion. Um, it's unpredictable because like Ebola or like certain viruses that came in in the past many, many years, the Spanish flu and kind of stuff. Um, in the future, <laughs> looking at these stats, in the future, do you think that maybe another virus may come? I mean, of course, touch wood, touch wood, touch wood. Um, that, you know, right now people are wearing masks also can prevent them or prevent the mass population from getting it. Because right now, if you tell somebody to wear a mask, everybody just will wear the mask because it's become a yeah. habit in us. You know, we want to wear it, all right? Some don't want to remove it right now. Do you think there is a potential risk in the future? So I, I always believe uh, in a few things, man. Just to go, uh, just to backtrack a little bit of what you said. Um, even though uh, uh, I think Singapore has asked uh, that they are allowed to unmask in public, Malaysia, we are still asking everybody to mask, uh, especially when they're outdoors. Um, but what, what I always believe is, and the reason why I think that is happening in Malaysia is because there are a lot of outdoors and indoors which are next to each other. For example, if you are taking a walk from your house or home, to uh, let's say a sundry shop, you will go from indoors, you will go outdoors, and then some part of it may be indoors, especially if you're going to use a walkway, a covered walkway, and then again you're going to go outdoors and then indoors. So I, I thought about this a very long time ago, like how are we going to do outdoor, indoor, outdoor, indoor, outdoor, indoor? What I actually believe is that at the end of the day, only when you are in a public place where there is wide open area, and I'm talking for Singapore, I'm not talking for Malaysia, that you're in a park, you're in an open airspace, then perhaps it will be the time where you will unmask. But once you're going back, you will straight away mask because you know that there's going to be the outdoor, indoor, outdoor, indoor, outdoor, indoor. And coming back to that question of yours, I believe that if it is such that we practice masking well, appropriately, you will find that even though there may be a new virus in the future, you will find that it will be contained very fast. Reason being, I always tell people this, can you imagine if the first person in this world who had COVID-19 was actually masked, had regular hand hygiene and was physically distant, we would not have had a pandemic. Two things would have happened. Either that person would have recovered and we would have not heard about COVID-19 again. Or that person, unfortunately, and I hope that it doesn't happen, that this person dies and the virus is contained within themselves. So that is what the two things can happen. So I believe, I believe that if um, these good habits which we have, you know, I don't talk about masking, uh, you know, night. Like right now, we are talking about endemicity. People are only talking about masking. What about hand washing? What about physical distancing? Even kids these days, when they see somebody sneezing, uh, 
they come and say, uh, sorry, I don't come near me. Uh. Uh, please wash your hands before you do anything. These are good practices. Even if there was no COVID-19, I would say, wow, go ahead and do it because you you prevent a lot of other diseases. I believe that in this pandemic, not only have we learned about infectious diseases, we have also gone back to our basics. Hand hygiene, you know, when you cough, please cover your face. A lot of people who have taken hygiene for granted, now they are making sure when they wash utensils, wash proper utensils, make sure everything is washed, uh, you know, keep the house clean. Don't uh, don't share fork and spoons. Don't dip your hand, you know, if it's unclean. You know, use proper methods, uh, uh, sterile or, or, or in fact, uh, safe methods to actually consume food, which is good. But one very important thing which I'm very worried about, and I remember uh, distinctively telling uh, in the first talk show we had, Ben, we talk about masks. We talk about disposable items. These are all things that can pollute the environment. I believe that as we go along in future, and this is healthcare, as we go along in future, how are we going to ensure the healthcare of not only humans, but all the animals, the water, the, the plants that are living around us? The most important thing is we must have proper disposal for all these materials. And I believe, I, I think, um, um, I, I believe in about uh, last one year ago, I, I, I saw that when people were wearing masks, they asked them to snip off their, their, their ear loops because it was getting tangled around beaks. And even though we think, you know, it's not important, it's nothing to do with healthcare, but if a bird or somebody is sick and let's say it becomes contagious and we know that COVID-19 was a zoonotic, it went from animal to human and human to animal, you know, that sort of thing. It can again start something else. So why do we want to go in that direction? So I believe that not only are we looking at um, proper healthcare, but we are also looking at how can we do best for our environment. You know, dog. Um, I mean, just to backtrack a little bit of what you said, because you just kept back on my rekindle back the memory. I know we had a, a couple of discussion with the Mr. Virus, with Prof. Yes. And Prof is yes. one of those highly experienced. Um, he has the tons of experience as well. And we also remember, I, I remember very clearly, he has mentioned that I may come back if, yep. if, if, if humans are not well protected. So that seems like, you know, the personal hygiene, if you just talked about it, the hand wash, the sanitizers, I think we shouldn't stop. We should continue doing it. And I think the two and a half years actually mold us into a way that we have become so habit. Right now, everybody wants to wear the mask. Nobody wants to take out. Everybody wants to do the hand wash or even the sanitizing. So I think it's all great habit, isn't it? That what COVID has actually taught us, of course, it's taught us a lot of bad experiences and some painful experiences for a lot of individuals. But in yeah. another way, it actually brought us to a different dimension as well. What do you think about that now? Like I said, it, 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 has, it has tilted the point of time where the timeline has changed. If you look at any point of time in, in, in the past whereby, um, uh, you know, having a computer in the house, that is where, you know, how things change, you know, information technology change. I think COVID-19 has been that for healthcare, where people, um, people realize that COVID-19 exposed uh, frailties within any healthcare system. I'm not talking about Singapore and Malaysia, I'm talking about the world, um, where the healthcare lacked uh, you have great countries with great infrastructure, but if you don't have the people working with you, you don't have people to mask, you don't have people who took the vaccinations. Doctors found that 
it's a two way game it's not i tell you do it is i advise i hope you follow together we will defeat the the, the particular thing so i think that healthcare has gone in that direction and of course uh, i think when we spoke to prof rajesh we said that we are never going to see the end of covid 19 and if you remember that was the time when we were talking about alpha and beta today we are sitting yeah. here talking about omicron and maybe delta omicron and maybe some other new thing which may come up but i think the difference is we realize that we must learn how to live with the virus and living with the virus means that you and i are responsible for one another you see everybody doesn't uh, some people don't understand they say that oh i mask that person is not mask actually that person who is not mask can potentially infect the person who is wearing a mask incorrectly so i think we have come to such a time where we realize that healthcare is not me and my responsibility it is my responsibility for myself and the people around me once people have that concept that i am responsible for me but i'm also responsible for the people around me i think we will see a lot of infectious diseases not going off but reducing in greater number those days when you talk about dengue somebody said hey i've got dengue already they'll say hey you know you better go around your house please make sure that your 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 area is safe there's no uh, you know stagnant water and all that and then the one person will say i already got dengue but so why i worried my neighbors only going to get but now people will say oh you know when people say oh my god you know i may be the source of this i must do something about it and i believe that covid 19 is similar to dengue in the sense that it's endemicity you see endemicity means that it is, we have accepted that it is going to be there forever so when you talk about dengue dengue is always there malaysia singapore thailand it's always there it is never there it is never a time where there's no dengue there's always a dengue but better there are enough cases to come into an epidemic epidemic means endemic all the way there there, there are cases but one or two one or two suddenly there's a rise in dengue in malaysia i just give you an example if you have two or more cases within a 400 meter radius is immediately an epidemic so that means it's immediately that, 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 that there are many cases but i i foresee that as we go along each country will come up with their own criteria of saying what is an endemic and what is endemic and what is epidemic and i foresee that covid-19 is going to be a bit different because we are not going to say uh, oh two or three cases and it is an epidemic i believe it is going to be according to um uh, uh, population density remember i was talking about japan and even taiwan they were doing very very well uh, in the first phase of covid but they became bad because a lot of people started cramming indoors and they have very small space you know japan and all that their areas of stays are very small the area of staying is very small mm-hmm. so the population density makes a difference and i believe that covid-19 will go to that level where they will say okay in this particular state uh, uh, let's say in uh, let's say in my state of para there's x many cases in within this particular i don't even think they will go to state i think they will go to district this particular district very highly populated uh, there's so many cases okay so that means it becomes um, an epidemic how are we going to control so you know like singapore you all have the red yellow and green light system whereby 
Okay, green means the cases are low. You have a few relaxations. Oh, red light means, oh, the cases are, 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 are high or the death. Are, actually, we should not look at cases. Like we should be looking at death, right? Because it's endemic. So the death numbers are high. So we should go into like only a few people around the table so that we can control that amount. I foresee that that will happen. They will have a traffic light system whereby each state will say, okay, today, if I go from one state to another, you know, every time when you go from one place to another, say, hey, go traffic jam, Hey, uh, what will look at base? You will have a special app telling you, oh, I'm going into a red zone. Okay, la, that means only uh, four or five people per table. Yeah, so uh, four or five people table. Sorry, la, you know, I only can call ABCDE for my Tetare session, and that's it. You have to go back. I can't call the entire gang again. So true, I believe true. we yeah, I believe we will be able to move life that along that way. La. You said well, doctor. I mean, I, I have to totally have to agree with you on that. Um, but also <clears throat> when we were going to talk a little bit and give the uh, greatest appreciation to all those um, doctors and nurses who actually lost their life. Um, at this point of time, I think I want to share this particular story. Um, that actually, um, it's a real true story. And actually, it's moved me as well. I mean, um, that kind of passion. Uh, it is not just because of dollars and cents, doctors and nurses. I mean, of course, at the end of the day, it's all about rice bowl. But I think there is some kind of a different level if someone is in the healthcare, right? Uh, I will often refer them as angels sent by whoever from the top, right? I mean, whatever faith and religion we believe. So this particular gentleman um, is actually one of my very good clients' uh, father, right? He's a retired medical officer. Um, at this point of time, I have to give this appreciation to him. Uh, he's almost 60 plus, 70 plus, I think 70 plus. And um, COVID came in and then people are dropping dead and kind of stuff with, with you know, oxygen needed and all that. So as a retired uh, medical uh, officer, you know what he did? Even though he's not supposed to go, he started to wear all his uh, personal protection um, suit and all that. And he charged into the hospital where the family said, no, please don't, please don't, you know. He said, no, nobody stops me because I'm a doctor. I'm going to save lives. And uh, unfortunately, he went in and he managed to, you know, save a couple of people. But then he actually lost his life as well. So at this point in time, I think, um, doctor, I think uh, those, uh, there are millions and millions of people who have really lost their loved ones. Um, there's been a lot of misery as well. They can't go and attend the last day or even to see their parents or siblings or friends. There's so many things. Um, like we, we talked about it. We talked about depression. We talked about anxiety. We talked about overflowing of emotions. Um, but even though if someone is now going back, you know, um, eventually I saw a video doc during the pandemic um, that uh, a bus driver, she's from a militia. She's a hardworking woman. And she just literally stopped in the middle of the road and just crying because her husband passed on. And there's so many of these cases that happen, you know, without we realizing it. And um, it's quite sad to see that. And especially we humans are facing this biggest challenge and we have overcome it. Uh, probably we are still overcoming it and uh, hopefully nothing comes back. Uh, but again, the, the, the same thing we want to ask you, Doc. I mean, as we are getting better and stronger, I mean, of course, we are turning in, inwards, getting ourselves healthier, get fitter. Uh, we are taking all our vitamins. We are standing in the sun to get the vitamin D and K and whatever vitamins that we are talking about. But um, ultimately, uh, the mind controls the, the body. So what do you think about that, Doc? Because we have talked a couple of uh, talk sessions pertaining to mental resilience, mental strength. Once your mind gives up, everything else gives up. Right? Your motivation levels goes down. Your confidence level goes down. Your morale goes down. Your emotion goes haywire. Um, any any tips on that, Doc? I mean, in terms of mental resilience, because I know that is your favorite topic as well, and you have done a lot of research on that as well. Yeah. So 
mental basically when you talk when you when you seek a definition of health in who it talks about physical and mental health together as you said mind controls the body the body controls the mind as well so i think it is a harmonious balance which we need and um, uh, that is why i think we should address not only the physical side of uh, health Uh, healthcare we also should look at the mental healthcare i got a lot of psychiatric colleagues uh, patients, uh, doctors in psychiatry department who's telling me that they're overwhelmed with the amount of cases that are coming in especially post covid covid related a lot of people who have missed their appointments due to covid of course physical health you have a lot of people who have missed their uh, appointments due to covid as well <clears throat> but a lot of them are coming in with mental health issues people who you don't expect or normally wouldn't come in for mental health issues but perhaps because the the awareness is also there and people have realized that oh okay this person has got had covid-19 they lost a loved one they need to seek help i think the 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 threshold of someone realizing that they need mental health care or uh, assistance has already improved um uh, to some certain extent not not a whole lot but to or uh, to a whole lot to what we 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 prefer but it has improved and i also think that um it is also another point to consider that if we want to ensure that we don't go into problems we should start looking ourselves after ourselves well i'm talking about mental health talking about uh protecting your loved ones make sure they mask make sure that they take their their booster shots make sure they take their vaccinations don't miss their vaccinations practice proper health care before you go anywhere make sure that they test or make sure that the people around them have tested that is how you move along with the virus and to say that we have moved along because if you protect that bit you protect the people from getting covid-19 you protect the people from a lot of things you actually protect them from actually other issues like mental health issues and other uh other issues and of course you would also want to know about a lot of people who um should actually start looking after themselves unfortunately we see we saw in the past where people took diabetes or near diabetes near hypertension near cholesterol issues very lightly but as you see that covid-19 has been claiming lives and those people who have got uncontrolled comorbidities now it suddenly has become a very big issue and everybody has opened their eyes and said okay you know what i got patients who come in this this and said doc i really have to do a medical checkup i was like okay oh the last time he requested for medical checkup was like 4 years ago i said why suddenly mola doc you know you see a lot of flus uh, they they have hypertension diabetes all uncontrolled all ending up in hospital i don't want that to happen to me so i think unfortunately the human race had to learn from what has happened and i believe that if we can actually prevent this step we will actually save a lot of lives more than what we can actually do because you want to know that the size i always tell people you want to know the size of the pandemic you want to know how you know a lot of people say i have covid-19 is a cough and flu what you know uh, more people die of heart attack more people die of this more people die of that i just want to ask everybody to think back for the last 3 years you and i know at least 5 people who have died because of covid-19 not only in this country around the world we know at least 5 people who have died because of covid-19 imagine they didn't die because of heart attack they didn't die because anything they died because of covid-19 due to respiratory issues all right these people would still be perhaps with us today 
had it not been for COVID-19. How long? I don't know. I cannot, I cannot say that, oh, for sure. But that is the size of the pandemic. Now, think back. How many people of that same age whom you have seen losing their lives before the COVID-19 at that same particular age? Due to other reasons, you will find that the number actually reduces. So what I'm trying to say is I think that COVID-19 has just taught us about how we should position our mind. We have to remain mentally healthy. Remember, when you and I talked about COVID-19 mental health during the first or second session, we had we so many people who came on and started talking about their mental health issues during their lockdown, losing their jobs, sure. about bullying. You find that so many things are happening. Remember, now as we go back into a near normal to what we were, we can't go back to exactly what we were. We have to go back to a near normal. Take these lessons along back and remember that we still have to look after our healthcare. It is not over. That's why it's NMSCT. We still have to look after our healthcare. We still have to look after our diabetes, cholesterol, hypertension. Still do your physical activity. If you're not diagnosed with any comorbidities, go ahead, do that proper exercise, do that proper. Why are we not eating healthily? Do we need any more proof? Some more proof. Do we need more people to lose their lives to tell all of us who are still alive today, look, please look after your health. All the money in the world is not going to buy you proper health. You can only get healthcare, proper healthcare, but you're not going to get help. So why not look after it as if it is very fragile? I think. But we can't. Uh, but but we can't resist all the temptation, right? Especially in certain part of Malaysia, like the Ipo Orphan or the Ipo, <laughs> and you know Nasi Lama and the kind of stuff. Now with the with the the causeways are open, people are just going to flood there and enjoy and drive and ride. You know everything is coming in, right, dog? So there's a lot of temptation here. Moderation, bro. Moderation. So you can eat. I'm not saying don't eat. But as, as long as you burn out your calories, you know, you want to go and see, you know, some people, they have so much of mental health issues. They say, I've got so much of work. I can't even go out for a movie. They go out for a movie and then they come back. They feel guilty. So why not try and catch up on that work which you would have done during that time? It's not going to be much. You think it is a lot, but it's not going to be much. But at least you have that. So it's a striking a balance between everything. And of course, uh, you get people like me who really control uh, carbohydrates a lot. Uh, I think I've shown you in the past how big I was yeah. and how yeah. much of weight I've lost. So you really count, control these carbohydrates. But there will be a time or sometimes you can't live without carbohydrates. You can't live without sugar. You have to have a bit of it, it some cooperation somewhere. Yeah. So if you're going to take a bit today, okay, fine. But make sure that over the next couple of weeks, you know, you really strictly control yourself. That little bit will not make any much of difference. The problem with humans is once they taste, uh, oh, tomorrow they'll say, oh my God, you know that quay I ate yesterday. Uh, oh my God, I must have one more. That's what's going to kill you. It's not the quay. It's your habits that is going to kill you. It's a lot of uh, weakness when it comes to food. You know, everybody loves food. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges. I mean, dog, as we speak on uh, pandemic, endemic city, but I think one we have not, we, I think we have covered many, maybe perhaps we will just spend another 10 or 15 minutes over the last segment. The obesity and type 2 diabetes is also another pandemic that we are looking, I mean, we all know, but just that uh, it's not being spoken about that. And of course, mm -hmm. in, in a few of our talks earlier that we also talked about type 2 diabetes, you know, how to manage it or yep. even prevent it or even to delay it, right? 
Um, but you know, in in all these factors, if itself, uh, if you're looking at the health risk factors, right, uh, myocardial infarctions or even type mm-hmm. two diabetes, or blood pressures, all these are actually rising up, and uh, it's because of our environment, because of our poor healthy sleep pattern, food pattern, or even sometimes stress. I think stress is also a main killer, right? Doc, can we can we include that as well? Yeah, stress. Uh, I, I as as you said that mental health is connected to your physical health. So even in diabetes, <clears throat> we have something called the flight or flight mechanism. Fight or flight mechanism. So if your stress level goes up, it increases the cortisol, and then that increases your sugar. So it's a whole a big big cycle. So what they actually need to do is really look after themselves. During the pandemic, we found that a lot of people were scared to go to hospital. They were scared to go for their follow ups, and you suddenly found a lot of people who were coming with uncontrolled diabetes. Do you know? Until today, we are still seeing a lot of patients because of post pandemic who refuse to go and get healthcare. Not that healthcare was not available; it was available, but they refuse to go and get healthcare because they were scared. We are still treating these diabetic foods today, trying to save people's feet, trying to save them from amputations. We have lot one. A number of battles we have lost some battles which is really pains us even if it's one battle lost it really pains us <clears throat> but i think it comes to the point even to think about when when we were in lockdown people did not get exercise they they could not go out for their walks not everybody has a treadmill in their house not everybody has a treadmill uh, in the, in the, in their in their in their building so a lot of people had missed that out a lot of people who were on borderline About to be tipped over to diabetes, who are controlling with exercise, all tipped over. So that whole block of it is what we are planning to <clears throat> actually uh, amend right now. So what we can do for the younger generation is basically tell them to be as fit and stay as healthy as possible. And God forbid if we had go if we go into another uh, 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 period of time where we have to again stay indoors, they will not be tipped over. And that is going to play a long run uh, difference. You know, Doc. I mean, I got to pause you for a while here because um, I'm not sure if it has <laughs> happened in Malaysia, but it definitely happened in Singapore because I was witnessing it. Um, the moment when we announced that, you know, in two days' time, you know, there's a lot of restrictions going to happen. You know, you can't do this, you can't do that because we are always well informed, right? So that people can start preparing. You know, all the uh, sports shops. Especially a big shops in Singapore, you know, where they sell all the equipment. Everything is damn sold out. Not even a dumbbell, <laughs> not even a bench. You know, everybody have started their own gym in their own house. And for yep. those who can't get their particularly the weights and kind of stuff, then they went into rice packets, oils, water bottles, and everybody start working out in the gym rather than the home, right? So, in fact, of going to the gym, everybody started using their home as a gym, and they have set up everything like cardio, running. I even know that some people who were doing quarantine were doing like thirty thousand steps, forty thousand steps in that tiny hotel room of them. They were keep on walking up and down, clocking their steps. So, and a lot of people who started cycling as well. So you can see a lot of cyclists on the roads. People are starting to exercise. Probably this is the first time that I ever see a lot of people start working out in Singapore. How about that in Malaysia, Doc? I, I guess uh, people uh, appreciate, like you said, that uh, you know there is a better affinity towards our freedom and how we can walk outside. You know something which we took for granted. Um, I think all of us took for granted. Even for me to go outside, take a walk, and come back. You know, it's like, it's like so what? I can just go out and take a walk. But right now, it's like, hey, I can go outside and take a walk and come back, man. It becomes a big thing. But I think uh, with that, you see, we have moved from. 
people not being mobile to people being mobile or a bit more mobile these days. But what it becomes more important is uh, you can have a gym set at home, you can have this at home, you can have that at home, but you need to do exercise correctly. So as Wentz, I think you will know well that doing exercise sports that... <clears throat> It's very easy to get injured if you don't actually balance everything right. You don't have uh, proper proper instructions. You don't eat well. You don't replenish well. You don't do the exercise correctly. You try to three days. I don't do exercise, and then the fourth day you try and be Michael Johnson and run even further. You can't do that. Physically, is not possible. Yeah. So what you what what happens is you need to warm up. So I think as we move along. We have moved away, uh, I, I, I'm seeing this trend now, where we are moving away from telling people to exercise, but telling people to exercise correctly, doing the proper warm-up. I get athletes um, who have just started their training and all that after the lockdown, after the so much rest and all that. A lot of them are coming with sports injuries. And I, most of the time, and these are semi-professional athletes, so I always tell them, hey, before you do your, uh, uh, what you call a training, don't you warm up uh, yeah, nowadays, but we don't warm up much anymore. I said, you can't do that. I said, that's why you get your injuries. Thankfully, they're actually very minor injuries. But I think it's a good opportunity to tell even people and even on this show that as you're going to start uh, working out, always get proper help, proper uh, seek proper uh, advice because you will actually need um, uh, uh, guidance on how to do things so that you don't injure yourself. And um, Doc, I mean, also um, mentioning about uh, exercises as well. I think it's a way to yeah. uh, recharge your hormones, redirect your emotions, uh, release some stress. We talked about cortisols, you know, releasing all the inflammation. <coughs> and you sweat it out. You know, I call sweat as a weakness leaving the body. So that's the only way you can show it out. And some people took up like Muay Thai or even boxing to release their frustrations. <laughs> and, you know, it's a way of managing your life. Some even started meditation. Some started running yeah. in their house. Some started even in their corridors, you know, up and down. See, um, we are, shouldn't be, you know, be claimed as self-victim when situations throw at us. So we need to make best situation out of yeah. that, that struggle or challenges that I think probably that's what you also uh, directing, you know, how to exercise safely and how people can, you know, uh, train the mind. You know, we, we train all the body we can. But sometimes like what you say, Doc, I mean, nobody trains the mind to be much mm -hmm. more stronger and fitter. Any tip on that? I mean, based on your research that you have done for so many years, um, how one can stay positive? Because anytime any situation comes in, you know, people get very saddened. They say, no, I'm very emotional. I mean, of course, as their loved one perish, I totally understand that you can. But other than that, what can cause them more um, rather than someone has perished? You know, some things like, you know, you didn't get a promotion, I'm sad. Or somebody throw an egg on me, I'm sad. Uh, even the recent um, Oscar Awards, you saw that the e reaction of emotions versus violence. You know, some people tend to show off when they are emotionally down. So there's so many things that, how, what is your tip on that, Doc? I mean, in terms of mental resilience, train the mind. I, I would always say that um, the mind is a very uh, complex thing. Uh, sometimes it throws off something which shouldn't be at that time. Sometimes it throws off something which should be there. So you have to train the mind to actually respond correctly, to respond responsibly. So I think it is not only mental resilience and training, but also undergoing proper emotion uh, counseling emotion training, uh, you know, how to control the emotions. And also, I think, uh, 
you know, the way you are going to control your emotions, the way I control my emotions, the way we respond will be very different. I think it is understanding one's own self better and knowing when to seek help, How what de-stresses you. Like for me, um, some people get very stressed when they see me work. They feel that you overwork, you work too much, uh, you, 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 you do too much. But a lot of people don't understand that for me, work is fun. It's like, uh, you know, some people, I ask everybody, what, what, what uh, people, what do you like doing? Oh, I like to watch TV. Hey, that's fun for you. For me, work is fun. Research, doing research is fun. Uh, uh, talking about uh, uh, healthcare problems is fun. For me, that is fun. Okay, a lot of, so I think what everybody needs to do is what drives them even further. What is fun for them? And that becomes the de-stressing point. So I was always told that if you find your work fun, you are going to make sure you are going to be working. You're going to be a term a workaholic, workaholic, but actually you're not. It's because work is fun. So Vance, I'm very sure you love going to the gym. You love talking to people. You love. You know, so a lot of people say that, hey, Vance, chill lah. You know, have one day off and all. But I am having a day off. I am helping people. I'm doing stuff which makes me help. Spot on, spot on, spot on, spot on. You said yeah. you well. So I think that is, we have to find that. But unfortunately, many people in their lifetime don't find that or they find it very late in their life. I think uh, it is a blessing that if you can find it early. So spend some time to look for it. And I think what people also have learned during the lockdown is how to improvise. Um, like, for example, uh, one thing that really makes me happy, I mean, I'm talking apart from work, something that really makes me happy is basically reading. So I do a lot of reading. I, 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 I can just share with you if you can just give one moment. This is just my my collection which I'm yet to read. Wow. This is my collection which I'm yet to read. So I have, I have, I have a good collection of books which I'm yet to read. But that is me. Uh, I, I I love reading, and a lot of people think that when they come and see me, they're going to find a whole room uh, full of medical books. Unfortunately, no. I read a lot about history. I read about a lot about places. I read a lot about people. Um, I read a lot of memoirs. I read a lot of uh, 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 things that happened in the past. Uh, you know, like uh, even though I'm a Sikh, uh, I read a lot of other religions like Hinduism, Islam, uh, 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 some certain amount of uh, Old Testament. Uh, you know, uh, I read a lot of things that what happened in Singapore. I... I I was there. I just finished reading the book of the late uh, Mr. Lee Kuan Yew. You know, uh, I, I, that, that's me. So a lot of people, they feel stressed. For them, reading a book is stress. For me, it's not. But if you tell me, sit and watch TV, watch five episodes on a particular channel at one go, I will feel stressed because I feel like, oh my God, I'm wasting my time. I can be doing something. So that's not fun for me. But you know, for somebody else to sit in front of the TV and flip and say, wow, wow, not bad, not bad. I like doing this. That's fine. That's how you you unwind. Even if you pull a spring, right? Every different spring, when you pull the spring, if you pull it slightly differently than another, it will not coil back together. So you have to realize what is your uh, tensile strength. That's it. Beautiful say, Doc. I mean, very beautiful say it. Um... I mean, it's a great conversation with you on every time that you come on board uh, with Copy events. And I think we don't really need to prepare. I think we didn't even prepare. And it was just great flow of questions. We covered about mental health. We come 
counter the obesity, which is also the uh, pandemic as well. Uh, diabetes, you know, we talked about a little bit on health issues and also protecting ourselves. Any tips, uh, Doc, before we call it a day off today or day off <laughs> for us today? I think, I think uh, um, we have learned about how to improvise during the pandemic. Um, you can't exercise outside. You said do a step count inside, indoors. So I think the days of us making excuses that we can't exercise, we can't do this, we can't do that, is actually very numbered. If, if, if not gone, it's just really numbered. Uh, the other thing is, I think uh, one of the few things is, I think we have to take healthcare very, very seriously. In the past, if we had taken it for granted, we have to take it seriously. And I think we have to realize that public health measures, public health uh, is actually one of our major things that we have to learn about how to actually go about ways in public health being safe outside, uh, preventive measures. Don't wait for a disease to happen. You know that the disease is there. Control it immediately. I'm not talking about infectious diseases. I'm talking about diabetes, hypertension. You know that your family members, everybody, somebody has some comorbid. Why not start looking after now? I think whatever we do, let's learn. Let's take this going into this endemic as a lesson of what we learned during the pandemic. Because a lot of things which we took for granted we lost during the pandemic. Let's not, let's take it that, let's do our best to make sure that it doesn't go back into that. So for us to go back into that, what? Take your vaccinations, make sure that if you're in a crowded place or you're indoors where there are a lot of people, you know, where you start, wear your mask, <clears throat> make sure you have physical distancing, wash your hands properly, take your vaccinations, good airflow within the indoor areas, make sure there's good airflow protect people's hygiene in the sense that if you know there are many people coming to eat, make sure you wash your utensils properly, keep the house area clean. These are all basic things which we actually took it for we took for granted. If you ask our grandmothers and grandfathers have if they are alive today, they take hand washing very, very seriously because they came from a time when people used to die from diarrhea. The rotavirus diarrhea. We like, huh? How can people, you know, some people are going laughing right now. Where can people die because of diarrhea? No, there have been people who have died from typhoid. There are those people who have died from a, a lot of other, uh, you know, uh, a lot of other uh, diseases due to the gastrointestinal uh, having diarrhea. But it's something we take for granted. So let's us learn. And, you know, about 30, 40 years down the line, we will be sitting and telling our grandchildren, don't take your infectious diseases for granted. Don't take your... Don't take your respiratory diseases for granted. They will just turn around and tell you like how we are laughing at our grandmothers, grandfathers today. You'll be telling them, nothing, it's just a cough and cold. Then you'll turn around and tell them, you know, we had to spend six months indoors just to make sure that every one of you can lead a near normal life. What you know as near, what you know as normal today is near normal for us. And it is because of people like us that you have a better future today. I think let's look at that concept. I said I got, I got to agree with everything that you said. I think um, we just said it so nicely and we got a great uh, one from Arish. Thank you, Arish, uh, for sending us such a, a great comments and few comments also coming up as well. Thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you, Dr. Arinda. I think uh, it's now time to explore Singapore and Malaysia as well, um, coming soon. So probably I know uh, seminars are going to come in, you know, we're going to kickstart our economy and things are going to move. 
So a lot of time to travel down to Malaysia as well. You know, we we still have that coffee, not virtual coffee anymore. <laughs> the strong yeah, yeah. masala chai. All right, we got physical have a strong... life, physical <laughs> lifetime coffee, bro. <laughs> yeah, we need that. So a lot of wonderful things are going to happen. Uh, I mean, all people has been shown their resilience. A lot of anger, frustrations. I think that all have to be subsided eventually, um, as we are heading towards more positive. Uh, environment that we are looking up for. Thank you so much, Doctor, for spending over one hour with us. I will catch Most you. Most welcome. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you, Thank you so much. All right, uh, we have come to the end of today's session with Kopi Events and Zekli. Uh, in fact, I finished two glasses. One is uh, so this is uh, coffee and this is water. All right. Um, great conversation with uh, Doctor Arvinda. HS Sync, a beautiful conversation that I always have with him. Um, we talked a lot of mental health. We talked about diseases. We talked about illnesses. We talked about diabetes, blood pressure. And also at the same time, you know, taking care of ourselves, turning inwards. And we even talked about emotions as well. So this is a live recorded. Uh, it will stay in all our social media platform, YouTube, LinkedIn. Uh, we got uh, Facebook as well and as well copied events. If you do sing this, please do share. Someone may need it. And of course, as every week, Wednesday, 9 p.m., it's Kopi with Wens. Um, next week are uh, going to be a, another exciting topic. A motivational speaker is coming in and uh, we're going to talk a little bit on live, uh, positivity you know, versus negativity. And probably you have seen that in my past few videos that I always do late night shows. Uh, not with Kopi events, just live chat with Vance. Thank you so much, viewers, for joining us. And I enjoyed this great session every Wednesday, 9 p.m. It's like I'm like an abbot already, two and a half years um, with uh, poor ratings, poor viewerships. Now it really went into a different level. Uh, every week I have you viewers who are giving me some of these ideas, what topic to talk about, uh, where things to go and explore. Thank you so much. All these are wealth of experiences that not only from me, also from you. And if you're enjoying it, then I'm pretty much doing a great job. And that gives me a full satisfaction, right? Thank you so much. As usual, join me. Uh, thank you. Thank you uh, to all the viewers. Thank you so much. Um, we will catch you up again next uh, Wednesday at 9 p.m. So do not go anywhere. This is Benz signing off. Copy with Benz.